What is up, everyone? Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local, as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast. Subscribe to Move Local and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Dundas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Move Local Podcast, brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and I'm running this podcast solo today, no co-host, but we do have two amazing guests on the podcast. Um, I'm super excited to welcome Emma and Kara here today. They're from Kid Physio Hamilton. Um, We're here to talk physio, which you guys know that I love, as well as what that looks like for working with kids, which I also love kids, so it's going to be a fun podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So excited to be here. Yeah. How's the day going so far? It's been a busy one for me. I had quite a few kids this morning um, and a new assessment, which was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, we basically finished our morning and shot down here. Beautiful. Emma, you as well? Or? Similar. We did have some excitement with the fire alarms oh going off goodness. in our building. So we oh, were really? working oh, through fire alarms, but happy to be here and mostly quiet yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a nice nice change yeah i'm sure the environment can get a bit a bit hectic for you guys yeah having fire alarms going Outside off of fire alarms. Uh, i don't know what six or seven times uh, not ideal no. um and not a normal occurrence for us so. yeah yeah for sure yeah. um you know i think a cool place to start and I, and this is maybe more selfishly is like what what got you guys into like the field of physiotherapy specifically and then maybe even diving into like working with kids because that's also like another kind of separate field from um you know what what physios do i'm gonna let emma take the lead because emma is more of a recent grad um i graduated in 2004 so our answers are gonna differ <laughs> yeah. yeah this will be good i'm curious yeah, to i'm good. curious to hear this <laughs> i am definitely your more traditional or typical route into physio i was a super high energy kid loved sports was thrown into the whole gamut of them had a few injuries, went to physio myself as a kid, started to get interested in that job because I was like, this is awesome. Physios get to work basically moving, always moving, and help people get back to the things that they love. So that was my introduction. And the kids piece was more of my experience um, with all of my first jobs. So in high school, going into university, I always had camp counselor jobs, um, 
lifeguarding, swimming, instructing, basically anything involving kids. And so um, once I got to physio school, I realized that, oh, I could combine both of them. My Mm -hmm. first placement was actually in pediatrics. And I was like, this is the best. Kids bring out all of my creativity and energy. And it's such a fun environment to work in. So after that, I didn't really look back. I graduated in 2020 and jumped right into pediatrics. And I'm so happy that I did. I'm loving it. Yeah, that's awesome. I know um, getting into pediatrics right, right away is a challenging thing to do from what I remember. So that's awesome to hear you're able to go like right into it. Sometimes it takes some time to get there from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the really awesome things about working for Kids Physio. They do take the chance on new grads often, which is really nice. And they're very supportive as you get started um, with lots of mentorship so that even though it feels a little bit foreign, I know my physio school didn't focus a ton on peds. We had some lectures here and there, but um, I felt like I was pretty well supported getting into it. So super lucky and so lucky they took a chance on me too. That's great. (laughs) I actually don't have that typical physiotherapist answer of having experience, you know, with injuries. I mean, I had injuries in high school being an active individual, but I was actually 16 when a friend of mine said, Oh, I want to be a physiotherapist. And I went, Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea what it was. (laughs) And then, uh, but I was like, that just sounds cool. Um, so then I watched a movie. This is, I'm really dating myself, but it was a Harrison Ford movie and he had an injury and he needed a physiotherapist. And I watched this movie. I was like, oh, that is really cool. Right. I like the idea of that. Um, and because I always wanted to be in a health profession or some kind of helping profession, Mm. um, I didn't really know what that was going to look like. Um, and I thought about all sorts of professions like teaching. Um, I was voted most likely to be a teacher at my high school. Um, I thought of speech, I thought of pediatrician, and um, it really just was, I was really uncertain. Um, But then actually when I didn't get into physio the first time, that was the big motivating factor of, oh, I really, really want this. Mm. Uh, So the next Mm -hmm. time I applied, there was no way they were turning me down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And as far as pediatrics, you are right. My experience having graduated in 2004 was that you come out of school, if you don't have experience, nobody's going to hire you in pediatrics. So I went straight into adult orthopedics. um, And I didn't do pediatrics until 2012 after my daughter was born. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I took a while to get there. But um, since 2012, I've exclusively worked in pediatrics which i have just loved and adored yeah yeah my my travels into physio is kind of like a combination of, of both years i think i had uh, one of my professors when i first got into uh human kinetics or kinesiology i uh she was asking me like oh so what do you think you want to do and i was like well i mean there's not that many options going out of kin so i was yeah. like oh you know like physiotherapy would be cool i kind of had some exposure to that through sports as well and she's like, ah, oh, don't even try that. No one gets into physio. And I was like, okay. So a little bit of the competitive side of me there, I kind of took that as a challenge. And then um, I kind of found, as I learned more about physio and stuff, like it kind of combined a lot of the things that I really enjoyed, like coaching or teaching is something mm-hmm. I really liked in the human body. And then being able to kind of help people become healthier and see how important it is to remain healthy. It was like, oh, this is cool. It's like a perfect combination of like all the opportunities. Um, and then it just gives you such a, it's a wide variety of things you can do. Like you can go into pediatrics or you can go work in a hospital or you can open your own clinic and do mm-hmm. like outpatient and there's a lot of freedom to it. Um, so I thought that was also like a really 
Absolutely. awesome thing. I felt yeah. the same way that you were in a career, but you weren't locked into a specific area. And if you didn't like one area, you could try something different. Um, that's what really appealed to me is that, you know, with, with teaching, for example, nothing wrong with teaching. My dad was a beloved teacher. Um, and it just, you were a teacher and you were probably going to teach just one subject. Um, and for me, I just wanted to be able to have some variety. Um, and yeah. that's why I really, yeah. really wanted it in the end. And you realize, I mean, now since I've been practicing, it's like you realize you, a lot of what you do is just teaching and yeah. educating. Like yeah, a so high percentage of it, of it <laughs> is way is that right? So, Absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes I, I'm sure you guys get this question, but I've got it a lot. Is like, well, what is physiotherapy? You know, so I can only imagine oh the questions gosh. you get about like, well, what is pediatric physiotherapy? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd love to hear like maybe a little bit of like in your words what what it is and what it looks like. Totally. Um, this is a common question I get asked from family members specifically. My grandparents were like, I don't get it. Do you just use little tiny weights? And I was like, um, not quite. Um, but it is, I would say, built on similar foundations to your typical adult physiotherapy. Um, we do work on strengthening. We work on range of motion. We work on function. We work on um, endurance and really getting kids participating in everything that they can. Um, but some of the best things about it are that it's super fun. We have to make it really engaging. We have to use games. We have to use toys. We have to uh, create imaginary lands to help motivate kids to do the exercises we're specifically targeting. Um, so it's super creative. And, you know, we also have to take into account the growing bodies that we're working with. So when kids are growing, they have growth plates, they have grow spurts, they have growing pains. These are things that um, maybe aren't always considered in the mm -hmm. adult world because they're not as relevant. <laughs> it doesn't right. really happen as much. Um, and then one of the things that I love about physio or pediatric physio is that there's so many different types of kids that we work with. So we're super lucky to see any age of kid from zero. I think the youngest I've ever seen was 13 days old wow. to 18 years old. And physio looks very different for each of those age groups. So with babies, it might be teaching them how to look fully one way because they were all scrunched up when they were born. Or it might be about teaching them to roll or crawl or learn to walk, which is a really awesome part of our job. Um, with older kids, we might work with kids with disabilities like cerebral palsy or um, developmental coordination disorder and help kids really participate with their peers and then we even see kids that are older for sports injuries or concussions and really there's so much variety in what we do which is awesome and super fun keeps me on my toes um, but yeah I would say normally I go through a few examples of what my day looks like and people are like oh you go from seeing a 13 day old to a 16 year old and I'm like yeah, yeah. it's great yeah, yeah. um but I'll let Kara jump in yeah. if she has anything to add to well I was just gonna save in my my morning today my first kiddo uh, she is 12 and she's a good four inches taller than I am um and I wouldn't consider myself short no. um yeah. but she's coming for some foot issues um and you know just some hip issues and then my next kiddo is an 18 month old with cerebral palsy um, my third kiddo is a little girl who is not quite three, who's in towing. Um, and then my last kiddo was new. Um, mom just has some concerns about gross motor milestones, his confidence, strength. He did have an injury a couple years ago. Um, so they just want to make sure there were no lasting effects of that. So it really is variable and it's, 
you're never doing the same thing every day and you could have a day where you see you know a six month old and then your next kid is 16. Um, so the variety is really really exciting um, and our mission at Kids Physio is to provide the care needed for all kids to reach their absolute maximum physical potential and 100% recover from injury. Um, so we, we run the gamut right mm -hmm. there's not anything we won't help kids with unless it's out of our scope. Right. Yeah, no, and it, I think from from like a physio perspective, like working with kids like that, like the variety is amazing because I know a lot of things can get repetitive in the clinical environment. You know, um, one of the reasons why I like doing like business stuff as well as clinical is that it keeps me on my toes, gives me different things to do, prevents that kind of burnout that you can get. I feel like with what you guys do, having the variety to be able to like challenge yourself with different ways, like you go from working with a with a baby to like an 18 year old, you got to like put on different hats and take different approaches, which can definitely keep it fresh and probably make the day go for sure. Be more, be more fun, I guess, or more make you be more adaptable. I, yeah, I used to, to joke cause I, I worked in adult orthopedics and people will often say, like, I don't know how you work with kids, right? They complain, um, they cry. And I usually just fire back. Well, kids, they complain legitimately. <laughs> Right They're, They yeah, don't yeah. have the experience with effort. They don't have the experience that an adult has. And it's so much easier to um, relate to a kid that's complaining than an adult in my experience, right? Because adults have the resources and the wherewithal to take control of their healthcare, whereas kids don't. So they're going to complain. They're going to whine a little bit if you're, you know, encouraging their left side when they prefer their right side. So mm. I just always say kids whine legitimately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think it's good too, like, and, and I don't know how we could like pull some of this out, but um, just knowing that these options are available for kids, like I don't think people realize, like you know, especially if you know you have someone with cerebral palsy or someone who's struggling developmentally with like um, you know growing. It's like did they? Some people don't even know that this is an option. Mm -hmm. So maybe like even let's say someone who has cerebral palsy, what would be some of the things that you would work on with with someone like that? Well, and that's where Emma and I differ a little bit. Um, I have more years of experience and some different training. Um, I do something called Quavis Medic exercises, for example. Um, so my little girl this morning, she's 18 months old. She doesn't quite sit independently. So we work on independent sitting, right? That's a major mm. motor milestone mm -hmm. um, for achievement. We also do some standing exercises. A lot of times you can get um, the trunk working a little bit better by encouraging standing. Um, so it's a little bit of um, working that trunk control with a kid who's not independently sitting by accessing their standing responses, uh, which is really exciting. Um, but then Emma might do something differently, not having that same training that I do, which is, I guess, what you would call more traditional physiotherapy. But I'll let her speak to what she would do um, as a newer graduate. Yeah, so it's really individualized. So with any physio, we're always looking at where the kid's at, what they're able to do um, from a more traditional lens. I'm looking at assessing all of those gross motor skills that we want them to be able to do and trying to challenge them to achieve them by using the equipment that we have. So um, Kara mentioned working on sitting balance. We'll try working on sitting by supporting their pelvis, getting them on a foam wedge and then having them play with squigs or toys on the mirror and engaging them by using I don't know, for example, a piggy bank toy, having them reach and put right. things in. So we're challenging their core um, through play by getting them to use toys. Every kid with cerebral palsy is different. So really 
understanding what their goals are and then how we can work towards them is where I would start. Um, but a lot of the time it's just working on building strength, on maintaining movement. Um, one of the biggest things with a neurological condition is that sometimes there's extra tension in muscles. So it becomes harder to maintain that length of movement, but we'll use games and activities to promote that, for example, wide-legged position so that they're inside thigh or adductors is getting enough length and when they're moving and when they're playing. Um, so we work on maximizing movement. We work on maximizing physical performance. And then a lot of the fun things that I like to do are finding participation-based goals. So mm-hmm. getting kids outside, seeing how we can maximize participation in the environment. So working on maybe treadmill walking to build endurance for a kid who has a goal of walking on the trails in our local community. Um, I really like to set those goals too, because I think they're super important. And um, each kid has a different thing that they're motivated by. Some of my kids with CP love basketball. And so we do a lot of basketball yeah. playing, but do some squats while we're doing it to build strength, to build standing balance, um, to work on stability, all those kinds of things. So it looks really different depending on the kid. Hard yeah. to answer specifically, no, but totally. that's a little glimpse into what it can look like. Yeah, I think that's awesome. There's So when I before I got into physio school, I did um, like a volunteer at a pediatric physio clinic back in Windsor, the John McGivney Center. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's like um, I, I, I did like a six or eight week kind of placement there. Oh, wow. um, and they're like, look, reflecting on it now, as you guys talk, there's like two things that I really took away from it was like one, how much improvement that you can actually make with somebody who's going through like something like cerebral palsy or mm-hmm. has trouble with trunk control. Like I was very, I, I didn't realize that that was something that we could do, which is amazing. So I think it was cool to see that. And the other thing was um, the communication piece and how different it is, but how much I learned from that. Cause you have to be very patient um, and you have to try to under, try to understand what the, the child is trying to communicate to you, which mm-hmm. oftentimes they might not even be able to communicate. Um, maybe there's like some mental delay that makes it harder for them to communicate. Um, so it was like really for me, like how important it is to try and listen and understand what the person's mm-hmm. communicating to you. And it's very similar to what we do here. It's like, I need to understand and listen, but that really made me think more about even just how I do my daily interaction with my clients who can communicate well and yeah. aren't kids and know how to put words to what they're feeling and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And we, we do a lot of communicating with, with parents, right? Families yeah. are pivotal in terms of, of growth and reaching goals. And parents are the experts on their kids. We have the physiotherapy background and we have that expertise, but ultimately parents know their kids better than anybody. So if we have a family come in and they see their kids in a certain way and they can see what they're able to achieve, our little snapshot in time for a first assessment, for example, is not anywhere near what they see their kids do you know, 24-7. So we really have to take that into consideration that these parents know their kids and what they're capable of and i've had um, numerous families come in and they have told me that other healthcare practitioners say their kids are never going to walk and it's really really challenging Mm -hmm. and that's where we come in and we understand that these parents are seeing their kids and what they're capable of at home so why wouldn't we pursue those goals and i've had a number of kids be able to walk Right, even though healthcare practitioners told them when their babies were infants that it wouldn't happen. Mm. Um, I have a little guy who is, oh gosh, I think he's nine now. Um, 
legally blind was told at an infant at infancy that he'd probably never walk and he can ride a two-wheeled bike nice so those are like those are the, the victories um so when we we talk to fa- families and we have a child who's nonverbal, for example um it's really important for us to connect with the families it's mm-hmm. not just the kids it's it's the families too mm-hmm Absolutely. And some of the, like, it's so exciting to see these kids accomplish amazing things. Neuroplasticity is the coolest thing ever. And whether a kid has a developmental condition or a um, neurological condition, or if they're just a growing kid, their brains are evolving. And it's so cool to see them, like, reach new goals and achieve their full potential. So it's a super rewarding um, position to be in as a physio to be able to um, be their coach, be their cheerleader, help them get to those places. So mm-hmm. we're really lucky for sure. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I, and I think like, you know, you kind of touched on people, you know, being told that, oh, you're, you're, they'll never walk and they're able to accomplish that. And I know something that you guys take pretty seriously with, with your business is like trying to elevate the standard of care. And does that kind of go into a little bit of that where you guys are trying to elevate what, what you can do and there's more possibilities and you're kind of pushing those boundaries in a sense? Yeah, it's really quite limitless, right? And that's kind of where the company's vision comes into play um, about setting the standard for pediatric mm-hmm. care and becoming world-renowned um, for providing the best pediatric care, um, that there's there's no limit, right? We're, there's always ways to improve. There's always ways to get better um, as a company, as an individual. Um, it doesn't matter what part of the team you're on, whether you're the administrative team or the clinical team everyone has the option, the opportunity to get better, to improve, um, which is really exciting, um, you know, in terms of working for a company with yeah. that kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause like, you know, here our, our vision is to transform the way people view healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very similar, very yeah, aligned. Absolutely. It's like, mm-hmm. I think we both can see that there's always opportunities to improve as a profession and get better and provide better care. Um, and we can also grow as people at the same time. And, and I think you can always be pushing that and it's no disrespect to like the way it was done before or what came before us. It's just like, I've always said like this profession is amazing. It's filled with uh, people who are helping everyone and we can just continue to elevate that. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that as well. I think we align a lot on Mm -hmm. that for sure. Um, one of the other questions I had is you guys talk about, I think it's one of the core values about like making good mistakes. And I, I love that idea. So I'd love to hear like you guys elaborate on that and how you work that into, and what does that apply to? Like, is that applying to you guys as clinicians? Is that applying to like your clients? Um, yeah. Take me through that. This is our favorite value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I just, I mean, always go back to like to air is human, right? It, it is normal to make mistakes. Um, and we always talk about it. We talk about it as a team. Um, it's how we grow as practitioners and leaders. Um, I actually jokingly said to um, the franchise company recently, I said, you know, next year at the leaders retreat, um, I'd be a great candidate for running a workshop on making good mistakes um, <laughs> because I normalize it so much. Um, I'm transparent about my mistakes and I'm willing to investigate where they're coming from. Like, why did this happen? Um, and I'm totally comfortable being uncomfortable with vulnerability, vulnerability. Um, so it's, it's one of my favorites for that reason. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, Kara is very vulnerable and she's a fantastic leader for that. And whether it's a business learning that she's had or, um, 
a learning from a treatment session with a kid, for example, um, using that value of making good mistakes helps us to contextualize it and make sure we're really going through the process of actually reflecting on the mistake and taking the next steps to um, learn from it and grow from it and be better. Um, so we do kind of go through, we have some documents as part of our organization or company that help us know if we're actually making good mistakes and what that looks like and mm -hmm. what it means. And so we typically have kind of a stepwise process that we'll reflect on after. And it's really first to recognize what the mistake was, acknowledge that it happened, and then immediately take action to address it. So apologizing for the mistake and then creating an action plan to um, resolve whatever it was to the best of your ability, involving other people if needed to help resolve that um, mistake. And then applying additional generosity where applicable and where appropriate so that's kind of our steps of making good mistakes i like to have it as almost a blueprint to make sure that i'm actually reflecting and thinking about my mistakes so that yeah i can be better the next time and so i don't make that same mistake again but it could be as simple as just recognizing that oh during my session i picked an exercise that was way too challenging for that kid they got frustrated they let me know that they were frustrated so what can I do about it? And really going through those steps to acknowledge that, you know what, that was my mistake. That was too hard. What can we do next time to make it easier? Let's take a step back. How can we make it better? And then using those three, those, I don't know, five steps or so um, to make sure that the next time it doesn't happen again. So yeah. that's kind of a very simple mm -hmm. example yeah, yeah. of what yeah. it looks like in day-to-day -day practice. But yeah, I think it's helped me even just reflect on my own mistakes in my personal life too and how to be a better person and mm -hmm. um you know beyond that too yeah i think it's a really humbling value totally um when you normalize making mistakes it it allows everyone to be human and mm. when you're working with kids it normalizes it for them too right they can you know i can totally admit when i've made a mistake in a session the kids are sort of wide-eyed like wow you, you know you're human too um, it's sort of like when you see your teacher out in public, you're like, wait, what, you're a human, <laughs> right? So when we normalize making mistakes in the context of our, our jobs, and we normalize it for kids too, and it's, it's okay, right? It's okay not to be perfect at something. It's okay if you, if you miss this shot or, or what have you, right, depending on what activity we're doing with them. So there's, there's some humility. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. there. I think, yeah, as a new grad too, it was really helpful was to say, have that awesome, yeah. value because – I felt coming out of school, I was so nervous that I would make mistakes and that um, people would blame me for them and that I wouldn't necessarily be the physio that I want to be right out of the gate. So I think having that to go back to and realizing, you know, yeah, that was a mistake, but I grew from it. And now I'm that little bit better. And every day I'll be a little bit better because I'm learning from my mistakes. That, that made it really approachable to get into a profession that is a profession of constant mm -hmm. learning, really. Yeah, and uncertainty. I, yeah. I, I love that. Like, as a new new guy, that must, that's a great environment to be in to learn, right? And I'm, I'm interested, like, this is kind of cool because, like, obviously I own a business and I work with a lot of people and you being, like, the owner and you being an employee. How do you feel when, like, like she admits that she's made a mistake around something? Like, is how, how does that for you? Like, is that cool to see? Like, how do you take that when, when she's talking about the mistakes that she's made? And it could be business-related or client-related. Yeah, I, I think it's... It's awesome to see. It makes me feel less bad about the mistakes I've made. It also, I think, validates people's feelings or the team's feelings if there's something specific with the way that the business is operating or something where Kara will acknowledge, like, you know what, 
I would have I should have done it this way sorry guys I made a mistake I think everyone really appreciates that vulnerability because then we know that she's reflecting on the whole operation and making sure that we're happy in our roles and we're um, feeling fulfilled and all of those things so I think it's almost um, proactive it's really proactive to be able to recognize those mistakes and voice them so that it doesn't become something that builds under the surface so yeah and it's like yeah. leading from I think it's good because like there's a lot of times w- what I despise about core values at times is like people just like write them on the wall and mm-hmm. then they never live them out or they don't like demonstrate them and so I love like the fact that as a leader it's important that you're demonstrating the values that you set mm-hmm. out for your team instead of just being like hey make sure that you document all your mis- or like reflect on all your mistakes but meanwhile the leader's not even doing any of that so I think that it's awesome yeah it really that. truly comes from the franchise company our CEO Laura Patrick has a vision not just for the company but for the humans who work in it about elevating them to the highest possible level as clinicians as admin team like I said earlier and just as human beings um, so a lot of those values are put into action and there's documentation, there's training about how, you know, to take those values and they're not just on a wall, they're not just on a piece of paper. It's how we live them out and, you know, day to day, um, is really, really important to the franchise team. And I think it's just one of those things that makes it, that makes this more attractive to people coming in is I want to work for a company that actually puts their values into action. And it's, Mm. it's interesting because when I was a solo practitioner, I didn't have a mission or vision that was actually laid out. You know, I had some idea of what I, what I wanted to do. Um, but when Laura had introduced me to their mission and vision, now I suddenly pay attention to companies. What's their vision? What's their mission? Oh, and yeah. are they acting on yeah, it? Yeah. I was actually just a coach in a, a local little league organization and I read their mission and I thought, okay, but are they actually acting it out? And I started to pay more attention. So I really like those, those organizations, those companies that are living their values. They're not just on a wall. So um, I, I get where you're coming from, where it's just yeah, they're stuck on the wall, but they don't actually mean anything mm-hmm. um, because you don't see the people you know acting them out, living them out day to day. Yeah. What would you guys say are some of like your more challenging like experiences that you have on a day to day basis? Um, I can speak to this. It's you know kids are super fun, but kids are also very high energy and have big feelings and. Um, aren't necessarily always the best listeners, I would say. So I think navigating those factors, the factors that make kids kids, um, is one of the biggest challenges, but also what makes our job really fun. So um, we sometimes have tears. We sometimes have frustration. We sometimes have animals thrown across the room. (laughs) Um, But Just dodging. dodging I've learned so much about navigating those feelings and voicing them and chatting through some of those frustrations and those experiences Mm -hmm. with kids because they're coming from somewhere. And so sometimes it's something I've done, whether it's like an exercise that's too challenging or sometimes it's something outside of the physio environment, but that's in their day-to-day life that might make it a more challenging day. Um, So I think learning how to communicate kind of what you spoke to before with kids of all different ages, reading body language, reading um, behavior, all of those things to make it a positive 45 minute session, um, I think is one of the hardest things, especially coming out of school to learn how to do. Um, But it's made me way more 
attuned or attentive to how people um, portray their feelings and how we can motivate kids as well as families to kind of get on board with our plans and work together to reach the goals that we've both kind of collectively set. Yeah, I would, I often will say, especially because I've been doing this for 10 years is the hardest part is managing behaviors and understanding where they're coming from. And I think it's sometimes it can be easy to take it somewhat personally, like, oh, this is happening because I'm not doing a good job or I'm not good enough at this. And really it's just kids being kids. They're Mm -hmm. going to change from one minute to the next sometimes and trying to balance out what your goals are for the session but also meeting the needs of of their emotions and of their kind of their attention span and there's a lot of thinking on your feet right you might have this plan in mind but suddenly you've got to pivot (laughs) because they want to play with the dinosaurs but you've laid out all the mermaids right so there it can yeah, just yeah, be yeah, a yeah. quick switch and you're like okay this is where i was heading and now we're in a completely different direction and it's a lot of fun but you have to be able to think on your feet yeah. and there's constantly moving and even that redirection um right trying to um work on the goals you set out in the treatment session right um but kids have a lot of assertiveness that they use and they have their own ideas and sometimes you just have to go with the flow yeah 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 i learned i learned a lot from 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 that with working with kids i also spent a lot of time working with like uh, children with autism in in summer schools and like a lot of the same thing and i've gained so much from that experience when it comes to like being adaptable thinking on your feet how Mm -hmm. do you communicate how do you try to understand so i think as a physio i would encourage all physios to like get some experience with that because i think you can learn a lot about Mm -hmm. communication which in my opinion is one of the probably top skills that we need to have like how do you communicate and how do you listen to people and you Mm -hmm. definitely can learn a lot from working with like kids Mm -hmm. on that yeah we actually had a student last summer who was great we but we knew that perhaps a certain age group wasn't really his niche right he was great with the older kids that athletic population struggled a little bit more with the younger population with higher needs in terms of communication and more their emotional behavioral needs Um, but we got some really incredible feedback recently about that placement and how valuable it was and on that same vein of it's really important um to have that experience because you're forced to think outside the box in terms of all of your aspects of care. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what would be some of like your favorite moments or some of the things that just like you love so much about the job? Oh, how I know. Long do you th- have? I know it's yeah. not. <laughs> There's so I know many. It's a lot, <laughs> There's but. so many. We've definitely spoken about some of those big oh. milestones, like yeah. learning to crawl, learning to walk, learning to jump for the first time. All of those are so exciting and. There's really no replacing seeing that excitement on the kid's face, too, when they're able to do it. Um, those are some of the best moments. But I feel like even in the in the day-to-day, kids say hilarious things. Oh, yeah. Like, it's oh just, kids are the funny. best. They're, they're so, so funny. funny. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love just hearing what they have to say. I think the other day I, I said to a kid, I was like, oh, you're full of beans today. And they were like, it's because you're using the bean bags. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> I guess logically. <laughs> yeah, that's so <laughs> good. Sense. I love it. Uh, I they're love so it. funny and yeah. and so blunt most of the time yeah. too, which yeah. is is great. <laughs> they call it like they see it. I was just gonna say yeah. sometimes they say things and you're like, 
yeah, you, yeah. you, you got it. <laughs> we actually use Slack as our company platform yeah. for chatting. And there's actually a channel on it called Things Kids Say. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it's, sure. And it's a riot, the stuff that kids say oh, that, you know, sometimes makes our faces like, uh-oh, like, who, how many people heard that? <laughs> um, and like, how did, the, how did he, he or she come up with that answer? And, <laughs> and I actually love that kids make... I mean, make me feel youthful, right? I'm in my 40s now, and I don't feel like that when I'm working with kids. I really don't feel it, and I don't think I acted either. Um, I had a little girl say to me once, uh, she asked how old I was, and I was like, oh, I don't want to tell you. And I told her, and she said, oh, I thought you were 13. (laughs) (laughs) Best day ever, right? I will take that any day. So I love that they they bring out that youthfulness, and I I feel kind of like a kid. And sometimes I don't know who's having more fun in the session. Yeah, yeah. truly think maybe I'm having more fun than the kid (laughs) because it's just so great. Um, And then obviously those major milestones. I was speaking earlier about working with uh, families who were told their kids would never walk. And the very first kid that I worked with privately through my own practice, that's what they were told. And he was three when he started walking exclusively. And I will never forget that because that same year his dad said to, said to his mom, to the kid's mom, is he ever going to walk? Hmm. Right. There was a lot of doubt even in that year and that year he started walking and now he navigates the stairs and it's, it's just incredible um, to be able to make that difference in kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, all right, I got some rapid-fire questions for you guys. Oh, no. No, no, preparation, <laughs> on, no preparation on these. Um, so I like to ask people, like, what is their favorite local restaurant? It could be, like, Hamilton, Dundas, Ancaster area. Mm, I have an answer. Go no, for it. Go. I love the pizza at Earth to Table. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I'm a big pizza fan, so... I would eat pizza if I could eat pizza every day, but I can't. <laughs> we ordered their pizza for like one of our quarterly meetings and it was the first time I had it. It's phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah. And the um, honey spicy pizza one, mm. I forget what it's called, but mm-hmm. I think it's bee sting or something mm-hmm. like that. It's yeah. really oh, good. Now I'm going to have to go. I oh, don't think I have one. Definitely <laughs> oh, gonna have I have to try my it. work cut out for me. Yeah. You don't have what? You I, don't have any? I don't think I have What was a... the last restaurant you ate out at? Do you remember? Um, we did coach across the street in Lantern. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> across the street for They're, our, our company wide retreat. I love their Cobb salad. Um, there it's great. Shout out Coach and Lantern. Yeah, I need. Yeah, the absolutely. other place is really good. Music too. It, it was, was pretty great. Cool. Yeah. The other place that's good in Ancaster is that be uh, what is it? It's a Blackbird. Oh, it's yeah. right next door to us. Yeah. So we've oh, been there a few got, times. Yeah. They make they an amazing a burger. Really good burger. Yeah. Super go. good burger. Yeah. A couple spots. Yeah, I yeah. need to get out more, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Pizza um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what would be your favorite way to stay active? Running. Nice. Yeah, I love to ski. So nice. I grew up in BC. Emma um, was a ski racer. She doesn't like to say it, but she raced. So it's not just <laughs> recreational skiing. She was a ski racer. Beautiful. Well, uh, yeah, so I'd say my favorite is skiing. But cool. here, I like to run, and I love all of the trails that we have access to. It's awesome. Yeah. Right down the hill from our clinic, we have some mm-hmm. beautiful trails to the waterfalls. Like, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I just went to BC for my first time <gasps> last week. How and was you it? came back. I, I'm back for now. <laughs> for now. It was, it was amazing. It, it was definitely, I see why people get drawn out there and oh, totally. never come back. The so. mountains alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we are very, like, it made me appreciate how lucky we are in Dundas, Hamilton area. The access to trails, yes. the access yeah. to, like, the things we have here is, is great for the area that we're in. Like, 
obviously there's way more out there but mm-hmm. it's actually a lot of awesome stuff mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do you For run sure. mostly road or are you in the trail yeah side? i just do road cool. simply because i don't think i have the ankles for trail running mm-hmm. um and uh i just get her done nice I love it's, it. it's just go guns blazing and get her done yeah <laughs> um there's no sense of pace it's just let's yeah, blast through this <laughs> five to ten kilometers and just get it over with. oh you fit in here really well i feel like once you start working here you you find your way in the trails no matter what it's like almost like a forced but not forced thing <laughs> It's yeah, probably not a bad idea to slow me down a little. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's good training. Yeah. I, I roll my ankles often, and I actually feel like I've gotten much better since I started. Ah, there we go. Training effect. There we yeah. go. Um, are you guys coffee fans? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sort of. Okay. So favorite local coffee shop? There's a ton in Hamilton. I'm a Starbucks junkie. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I'll yeah. have to um, shout out our local coffee shop up in Ancaster. It's Caniche. It's... Oh a french bakery and they make awesome loaves of bread yes. as well their as pastries really are really good, good too lattes like yeah. your typical cappuccino latte if you're looking for that but they have great granola great bread um and they're quite close by so i'll sometimes go over there and do mm-hmm. some charts and stuff like that nice mm-hmm. what's your go-to like what do you get i get a cappuccino cappuccino mm-hmm. i always say that turns out i don't actually like coffee so whatever the sweetest is so it's usually some kind of a latte that yeah. has flavor in it just chasing the caffeine <laughs> uh not even i think i don't i don't need it for the caffeine i just really enjoy a coffee but not really because it's if i have a coffee it's dumped with cream and sugar okay it's kind of embarrassing but no, right. i'm not really sorry about it yeah um, <laughs> the coffee's just a vessel yeah, for the yeah, other stuff <laughs> absolutely absolutely that's totally it that's totally it and it. it feels a little bit less uh, more like a i guess a guilty pleasure i don't feel that bad putting all that sugar in like, nice. i mean i might as well have cake for breakfast that's but okay. coffee yeah. seems a little more legit <laughs> yeah I, I just moved to hamilton like two years ago when we opened and so there, i've been exploring all the coffee shops but i really i just tried paisley coffee house i think it's in i've been there yeah, westdale yeah. Yeah, yeah. Westdale's nice. Yeah. It was really cool. And then Finn Coffee is another one of my favorite, which is also in, in Westdale. Mm-hmm. Never been there if you're a coffee fan. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they have sugar <laughs> and cream, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat anything fancy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, who, who would you guys recommend that we have on the podcast? Do you guys know anybody that would be good? Oh, that's a great question. And it can be any, any realm. It doesn't have to be health, but it can be. Um, hmm. And we always take rain checks on these if you can't think of them on the spot. So don't feel the pressure either. Awesome. Uh, I don't know. I would love to learn from the brewers at Black, oh, Blackbird yeah. Brewers. I feel Ooh, like that would be really cool. Yeah, we, I would, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. they're right next door. We sometimes yep. have complaints because some of our patients park in their parking lot. Okay. So we could bridge the gap Yeah, there. we'll go make like friend yeah. make relationships. Make friends. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And we can just appeal to their they're you know t- tug at their heartstrings yeah some of our kids just you know it's hard to find parking yeah come on <laughs> right? we're uh, okay yeah. with that yeah they'd, they'd be good actually that's a good that's a good yeah because i think they have you can see the big bats oh, yeah. in the back so yeah, yeah it's actually brewing cool. beer there's right stuff there. sweet yeah yeah would be cool to hear from them uh-huh. yeah that's a good one uh, yeah i'm just drawing a blank yeah, yeah i'm trying check. to think of most of the the places who were more strongly impacted by um, the pandemic mm-hmm. and how they've they've come through because you hear about so many businesses closing. I mean, yeah. I opened right in the thick of it. Same. Um, and 
I wonder how some of the companies survived. Mm, um, yeah. So I think having anybody who who struggled through the pandemic and made it out the other side, not that we're over, not that it's over, um, but that would be really yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't have to keep my. Eye. We've we've had a couple people on that have that have talked about that, obviously, because that's a big topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a good it's a good idea. Okay, um, last question. What does move local mean to you? So your definition, your thought of it. We'll each we'll give you both a shot at it. Mm-hmm. So whoever wants to go first. I can start. I would say um, I stumbled upon it in when I used to listen to PT Coffee Cast, and so I was like, oh, this is interesting. Seems similar. But what I think is awesome about it is it's connecting people who are local to us and in our community um, around common passions so hearing about for us we talked a lot about our passion for working with kids and for promoting healthy active living in our physio capacity Um, but I think it's so cool that you're able to connect people from around that either maybe they make really healthy food or they make awesome delicious food it doesn't always have to be super healthy and um, they bring people together and people have that community and start to learn from each other and learn about each other's passions I think it's so cool to hear um, what everyone's up to and to be part of that community. I agree. Uh, I think it's a way, like Emma was saying, of bringing the community together versus comp- like competition, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're all physios in this room. We own clinics or work at a clinic and we're chatting. We're just having a conversation. We're connecting on similar passions and beliefs versus competing mm-hmm. and we can hear a little guy out there I was a little just, girl right now i was now. just gonna say yeah I was and i'm about just that. dying to get out there and play with them <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's not a, i mean everybody we're all here to do the same thing we're mm-hmm. all here to promote healthy lifestyle healthy activity um we're all here to help people mm-hmm. regardless of age and I like that what Move Local does is we're connecting on that basis versus competing with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important that we all have um, the same why. Our why is all very similar. We are doing this for a specific reason. So it's making a difference in someone's life, as simple as that sounds. That's yep. what our goal is. And we don't need to compete with the movement. We can support each other in yeah. our goals yeah. um, for the people that we work with. And that's what I what really resonates with me with the Move Local um, concept. Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the other words are, when I was reading your description too is that you, or the whole Move Local um, podcast is about helping people learn to move confidently. And I think that's yes. something that we really resonate with in our roles, but then as people too, like, I want to move confidently throughout my whole life. I want to be part of communities that move confidently. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that we can speak to that a little bit and then also hear other people's views on that. Yeah, I love it. I think that connection too, especially after two years where we spent so much time apart mm-hmm. or being socially um, disconnected is really important in terms of moving forward, not just healthcare, but just as humans. Totally. Um, that community piece is really important right now. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I want you guys to leave where they can find you. If you guys have Instagram for your, for your business or your personal Instagram or where they can like find your, your clinic so they mm-hmm. can access your care if they need it. We are in Ancaster. We are at 385 Wilson Street East. We are right beside Blackbird Brewery and, oh, I'm totally butchering their name, um, but we're right beside the brewery. 
uh, we've had families come in and go next door to pick up it's beer, <laughs> um, which is quite comical. Um, we're in unit 303. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at, at Hamilton Kids Physio and Facebook. They're connected. Where else yeah. can you find us? If you Google us, Hamilton Kids yeah. Physio, our website is just kidsphysio.ca. Yeah. So pretty straightforward. Sweet. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Emma, Carol, thanks so much for coming on. This was a pleasure. I love yeah. talking about, yeah. I love talking in general, but physio related stuff us and too. kids related stuff makes me so happy. Yeah. So awesome. thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. So fun. <laughs>